0: Yeah. Wow, Whoa, there's the warm fire and fragrance welcome, dang, I love that, thank you, thanks guys. Okay, guys, um, we are going, I am, oh gross, um, hair guys, I can't handle it, I want to talk about the essentials of sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification. <laughs> um, sanctification is a wonderful thing, um, and, it's, and it consists of three parts: justification, sanctification, and then glorification. Okay, but you, let's. I'm gonna kind of do it in a kind of a storyline. Right, because this is this is what God's story is for us where he takes us from from our, our brokenness and our sin uh, justifies us and then we like partner with him walk with him throughout our lives and and uh, through sanctification we come to look more like Jesus and then at glorification we are seated in heavenly places as co-heirs as Jesus in our glorified bodies, right, and that's like, that's the simple breakdown, but that's what we're going to go for today, okay, Um, and we're just, honestly, guys, I was preparing last night, and I was like, all these, like, really good things are coming to my mind, I was like, oh, that's so good, like, man, I want to talk about that, and I want to say that, and I want to say this, and then I just got struck with the fear of the Lord, and just being like, oh, I don't want to, like, just say it because it sounds good, right, I want to say it, because it has meat and substance behind it, and I want to say what the Bible says about it. I want to say what the Lord says about it, so we 're really going to dive into what the Bible says about sanctification, justification, sanctification, and glorification okay, and a lot of it 's going to be in Romans today, so you can you can follow along um, you don 't have to i 'm just going to read them out, and we 're just going to go after what the Bible says um, through this, and it 's wild guys i Honestly, I wish that we could have, like, a couple of days on this because you could stay in each part of the story for, like, an hour each. Justification alone is just the wildest thing. Um, And I was just getting wrecked by it this morning. Um, So let's just hop in and we're going to go for it. So the first part of, hold on, sorry, of justification or of sanctification is justification. Everybody say justification. And when you hear justification, you hear justified or or justice, right? And at the root word, it's a legal standing. Okay? And that's and that's what the Bible says about us is that we in our legal standing like like God has repaired our legal standing. And these, this is where we're introducing the storyline of, of God in our lives, right? So at the moment of salvation, when we say, yes, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life, God justifies us, okay? So we're going to go, um, if you want to, you can turn there, um, Romans 3, um, Romans 3.21. Oh, that's 1 Corinthians. That's not Romans. And I'm going to read it actually from the... Um, Passion Translation, because I think it gives it like a really fuller uh, explanation. So I'm going to read it. But now, independently of the law, the righteousness of God is tangible and brought to light through Jesus, the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scriptures prophesied would come. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And now all who believe Have said yes to him, made him Lord of his life. All who believe in him receive that gift. For there really is no difference between us. For we have all sinned and we are in need of the glory of God. Yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal, you are innocent. You are not guilty. Through his powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us. All because Jesus, So everybody say, all because, Jesus, all because Jesus, the anointed one has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin. Everybody, friggin' amen to that. Holy Moses. A- friggin' amen. I don't know if that's, if that's right to say, whatever, but whatever. I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> um, in this passage, guys, if you read it over again, the one doing the justification, the one that is, that is making you righteous, the one that is making you free of sin and breaks the power of sin over your life is God. End of story. Right? If we try to obtain righteousness, it's not going to happen. It can't happen. Right? We, it says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We cannot obtain the glory of God without God, right, so in justification, in our legal standing, if you can like picture a courtroom, right, and you're walking in, and you got like, you got your jumpsuit on, you got, you know, your handcuffs, and whatever, you're getting escorted in, and you come up to uh, the judge, which is God, and we'll get into this, um, which is God, and then you got Jesus as as the Bible says it's your advocate, right? Is your lawyer, basically. And, and God um, starts reading off, this is, this is what you've done, and this is the punishment for it, right? And he's reading off these things, not giving you any sort of, um, what's the word, uh, sentence yet, right? Like he hasn't charged you guilty or, or not guilty yet. And then, and then Jesus comes in, he goes, he says to God, I've got it don't worry about it. I've got it. I'll take on those sentences. Let this person free. And Jesus basically, he, he takes his like clothing, switches you. He takes on your jumpsuit, breaks those chains and you can walk out a free man, right? And all those penalties is the penalty of death. So you're, you're sitting there like, like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, like, like I'm broken. I've done that. And all these things like that's death, I should deserve death." And Jesus goes, "No, actually, uh, you're free because I'm taking on that. I've justified you, and, um, and now God's going to to see you as, your, as the free person that you are. Does that make sense? It's really simplifying it. but is that, is that kind of picture in your mind, right? Like like in justification, God just does it once and for all, and that's at salvation, right? So when you, when you say yes to Jesus, you're justified. End of story. Right? Like, we can get into theological debate of whether you lose your salvation, blah, 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 all that stuff. We're not going to do that today. The Bible says that when you put your faith in him, he covers you in his righteousness, and you are justified. Okay? So we're going to um, we're gonna turn to Romans 5.16. I'm going to read that from the Passion Translation as well. Come on. Come on. 5.16. It says, And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. So if you just pause right there, right? So it's talking about how Adam from the original sin and all the sin, that li- like, amounting in our lives, like, the gift of grace that is imparted to us outweighs that by a million, right? Like, our sin and the power of sin do- cannot come up as a match against grace and the free-flowing gift of grace, right? Am I making sense? Are you guys with me on this? Okay. Okay. And it says, for because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God. Acquitted with the words, not guilty. So at the point of salvation, you are acquitted with the words and marked with the words, not guilty. Do you understand? Do you understand the weight of this? Right? When you said yes to Jesus and you let him take your sins upon the cross, let him, let him do away with those forever, he looks at you and says, Not guilty. There's no more power of shame in your life. There's no more power of sin. The authority that sin had over your life, at, like, that was given, so at Adam's sin, Adam and, and Eve's sin, they give the authority to sin and the enemy over their lives, right? But when you say yes to Jesus, no longer does sin sit on the throne of your life. Jesus does. And he constantly is saying, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. What? <laughs> I don't What the heck? Uh, the mystery of grace is so wonderful. And it just leads me, oh, I just want to worship him. I honestly could stay on justification forever. But we're not going to. Um, so Romans 5.20 so then, the law was introduced into God's plan to bring reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. And yet, wherever sin increased, there was more than enough—oh, gro- sorry—there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more, right? And in ESV, in my translation, um, it says, "Now the law came to." to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, right? Where sin increases, grace is going to outweigh it way more, right? There is no power of sin any longer against the power of grace, right? Like, like that's, that's the truth, and that's the reality that we need to understand as, as sons and daughters of God, is that our sin cannot ever outweigh the power of grace, the gift of grace in our lives. So, we we don't have to live in shame anymore. We don't have to live in hiding anymore. We don't have to say, oh, God, like what you did on the cross wasn't enough. (sighs) Ouch. (laughs) Can you imagine? When you're, when you're, oh, like, oh, I'm just gonna struggle with this for the rest of my life. Like, oh, like, ooh, like struggling in that and, and kind of living in this, like, oh, I'm just a sinner, I'm just a sinner. No, no. When you said yes to Jesus, he said, not guilty. You're not a sinner anymore, you're a saint. You're a saint. You're seated in heavenly places next to Jesus. And when you, when you sin, there's that joyful repentance that comes into place. Goes, no, I actually know that the, the, the gift of grace that has been put on my life is way stronger than that. I'm going to go towards this way. Right? I don't have to struggle with that. I don't have to live in that death and that brokenness anymore because the, the gift of grace says I'm not guilty and anything otherwise is a lie. Right? Okay, sorry, I get fired up, man. This is so good. Uh, and the thing we have to understand, guys, about justification is that God does it. Right? God does it. In justification, we cannot justify ourselves. We can't stand there with, with our jumpsuit on and our handcuffs on, sitting there, and say, No, Jesus, I got this one. And God's going to be like, No, you don't. Like, you actually need that guy. Like, if you want to say that you got this one, okay, here's your penalty. Because he's already paid it. Right? If we say, oh, we got this one, then oh, then that's basically saying, I'm going to nail myself to the cross. Right? Whereas Jesus has already done it. So, I don't know, like, just let chew on that. That's just what I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> Justification. Justification. And uh, the beginning of the story, once and for all, okay? Everybody say, once and for all. Awesome. And then we move on to the rest of the storyline, right? So at salvation, we say, yes, Jesus, we are justified, we are not guilty. And then he says, okay, come into relationship with me, walk with me. And in that walking, we get to, we get to be part of God's story for our lives, Right? We get to understand what it means to walk with him. And this is called sanctification, okay? And sanctification is a process. Okay? It's yes, justified, end all be all, you are not guilty, right? But there's a process that you get to walk through in grace. Okay? You get to um you get to look more like Jesus, right? Because you're here, you have Jesus' clothes on, but you look very opposite. <laughs> of him okay and you just have to you have to lean this is where the holy spirit um leads you in obedience and is interceding on your behalf and we're going to get into all these things but this is sanctification right is is following the spirit and following jesus unto the the good ending of glorification okay so sanctification we're going to turn to the bible in this one still in romans because romans is so good um and talks about all this Okay, okay, sanctification, Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it, right? When Jesus has clothed us in his righteousness, when he says not guilty, and he's taken the death penalty for us, how could we live in sin? any longer why would we go back to that right it but the more than that the power of sin is broken over your life so you, there's no more authority right there's no more authority of sin over your life so if you have died to sin if you've said yes to Jesus if you've made him lord of your life you no longer are held and bound by the power of sin right so if you've died to sin then how would we how would we live in Christ I mean, we, we live in Christ, right? It says, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Right? It's so good. Oh. And guys, I'm, I'm giving you these Bible verses, too. And I can, like, if you're writing them down, search the Bible out for yourselves, too, with this. Uh, I'll write them down later. But, like, search for the, like, let this turn to you to the Bible, Okay? Like, don't just take my word for it. This is God's word, yes. He says a lot of this. But this is, if you still have questions, oh, I, I want to understand. And my hope for you to, today is to spark that, that curiosity and that understanding a little bit. And be like, oh, wow. I didn't understand that that's a, that's a process. I didn't understand the justification was once and for all, right? And that's what I'm, I'm my hope is in sharing these verses that you would be sparked to go and, and look in the truth in the Bible yourself. Right? Okay. Sorry. That was a side note. Okay. Uh, Romans Romans 6, 9 through 11. It says, We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. Right? Justification. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you... Also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then again in 12 through 14, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. Because you're now clothed in righteousness, right? You don't need to do that. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness, okay? For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace, right? God acquitting you is saying you're not guilty. This is the punishment you should have deserved and this is what you're actually getting. The gift of grace is saying that you are now under the law of grace, Right? You've died to sin and now you live here in life. Okay? And this is sanctification. This is just understanding that we are made new in Christ and that we can live in a life of sanctification. Everybody with me? Yeah. Cool. Um, and then Romans six nineteen. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you were once pre- you had once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification, leading to being set apart, leading to be more holy, leading to look more like Jesus. So in this walk, in this in this um, daily submission and yes to Jesus, as you as you being made to look more like him in your new creation, you are going to be presenting yourself and your life to, to being a slave of righteousness, right? Whereas, like, you're, when you said that sin had authority in your old life, in your, in your dead man, where, like, that had a hold of your life, and it's no longer because you've made Jesus Lord of your life, you're going to be a slave to him, okay? Does that make sense? Okay. And then 20 through 23. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Right? He's asking like what, what benefited you in that life of sin? What were you producing in your life as you, as you made sin the, the Lord of your life? Right? And he says for the end of those things is death. But now... That you have been set free from sin and become slaves of God. The fruit, what you produce, what your life produces, you get leads to sanctification and in its end eternal life. Glorification. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, that's wild. And this is, like, like, again, guys. It's a process, right? So it's a daily saying yes to Jesus, saying yes, you're Lord of my life. Yes, I choose to believe and give you the gift of faith that you have said I'm not guilty, that you have said you've given me your righteousness and that I can walk fully as a son or a daughter in you, right? And sanctification, like, is just going to lead you to more, like, so at first, so picture this, right? At first, at at the time of salvation, your heart, your, your heart is a little like hard, and and a little bit of scales have fallen off enough to be like, oh, I really need Jesus, right? And then as you're walking along, there's like little scales falling off here, or like big chunks of rock here, because you're 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 walking, you're saying yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. What more can I give? What more can I give? And it's more a less about a, um, I I need I need this out of here, and more of like, I want to give everything to you, right? That sort of like, what more can I give? What more can I give? Does that make sense, right? And so, as you're walking along, the Lord says, I think it's in Ezekiel. Call me out here, Bible nerds, but um, it says that the Lord is replacing your heart of uh, stone with a heart of flesh, right? And so, like, what has been calloused and 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 gross from sin. The Lord is, is replaced with a heart of flesh, and this is a process, right? This is a journey. And yeah, it, it's not going to be easy, but that's, but that's like the, the glory of it, right? Um, and, it, and I'll touch on that in a little bit, on what our role is in all of this. Okay, so sanctification, a process, right? It's just a daily yes. You're, getting, you're free and getting freer, right? Right? So everybody say "free and getting freer." Free. Do you guys believe that? <laughs> okay, say "free and getting freer." Free. Awesome, great. Okay, now we have we're we're towards we so we got like you know um, your your classic story arc or whatever that you learned in in literature in high school or whatever you got the beginning and that's justification. Which is salvation, right? And you've got this is sanctification. Woo! And some here there is like the turning point. I'm not really sure. It's more like this. But anyway, yeah, it's more like actually like this. Um so it's not really your natural story arc, but but you got sanctification here. And then here is the ultimate happily ever after ending of the story is glorification right and this is what we're after this is the hope that we have in us that we would be, be made once once more one with God in right relationship right and that's what righteousness means is in real, right relationship with God um and fully like in co-air this is our eternal destination this is the the just the best ending of any book that you could ever imagine right um, so we're gonna go turn to. I think I put Romans eight. I think this is Romans eight. I forgot to put the chapter. Yeah, it's Romans eight. Um, Romans eight twenty one. It says that creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. I don't know why I wrote that. Um, oh, 21 through 24, that's why. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 21 through 24. Children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have, who have the first fruits of the Spirit... Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies, right? And this is the, the redemption of our bodies, the glorifi- glorification of our bodies, where we join Jesus in his, as he has been resurrected from the dead in his glorified state. He's up there, right? Fully, fully human still, sitting at the right hand of God in his glorified state, right? And this is, this is, our, this is our hope. This is our promise is that we will be glorified with him one day. Um, and then we're going to go Romans 8, 29. It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he is also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So I'm telling you guys that at justification... God's plan was this, right? He knew the end of the story. He knows the end of the story. For you who's been justified and, and acquitted as not guilty, right? He says, this is, this is my doing, right? This is where you partner with me. But here at justification, like when you said yes to me, my promise to you is glorification, right is this right relationship is this once again coming into full fellowship and communion with you is to be with you forevermore right where where we could get into eschatology and stuff but I'm actually not that well versed into it so we will not get into that but that's wild the Lord knows the end of the story for you. So even here, if it's hard, if, it's, if it seems like it's such an up and down process as you're continually saying yes to the Lord, he still knows that this is, this is what he has promised for you, right? Is that he has full right relationship with you and that's what he's after here. He says, I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I want to make you look more like Jesus. I want to make you look more like who you were created to be because I knew from this point that you would end up here. Right? Am I making sense? Yeah? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and that's his desire, guys. That's his desire for us. His ultimate desire is to be in right relationship with us. That's what it's been from the beginning. When Adam and Eve decided to give authority over to to sin and, and the power of sin... He he's been in the works of, okay, well, I'm still going to get you back because you're my kids and I love you and I'm going to be relentless in my pursuit of you. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son and I'm going to put him up on the cross and pay the the death penalty for you and take on all your sins so that you and I can be connected again. (laughs) Glorification, guys. This is our hope. Right? Ah, oh. oh. Yeah, guys, chew on this. Let, this. let this just start taking root in your heart. The reality of where we live, um, in the storyline of where we live, in our sanctification as we're being made to look more like Jesus, but we understand that our hope is, is eternity with God, is getting to know him, is, is getting to, to be able to, to say, God, I know you and I, and I get to know you more and, and this, is, this is what you've always had predestined for me. From the moment that you created me in my mother's womb, you said, I'm going to see you seated next to my son in your glorified self and we will for eternity walk together. It'll be a really short amount of time where you're here on earth and I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss you but, like I can't wait until we, you're you're restored to your original creation, and we can have this relationship once again, right? Oh, Jesus is so oh God, ah, oh, I love him. So I just want to recap really quick. Um, recap really quick. We need to understand what God's role is and what our role is in this, right? So God's role, I mean, he's over everything, right? But his role ultimately is here, right? And he does the work. He continues the work here. Holy Spirit does, right? But he can only, is the only one that can justify you. And I can't say that enough, right? Because if we, yeah, if we understand that, then we have a better understanding of where our salvation lies, it's only in Jesus and I'll get to into what right understanding of what that is but we understand that God's role is in justification but if we turn to 833 Romans 833 oh, that's 13 Yep. Okay. Okay. Romans 8 33. We'll start at 31. It says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Okay? That last sentence, it is God who justifies, is really important to understand. This is God's role. And he will, just as, and we can't, just as much as we can't do his role for him, here he won't do his role for, our role for us, right? Like we have a part in the story, understand? Like like we have a responsibility to say yes to Jesus every day. We have a, a responsibility to, to, to take up our cross, right, and, and, and count the cost of discipleship, discipleship and follow Jesus every day. Um, Romans 8, 16 through, and 17. My writing is really small in this book, in this Bible, so. Um, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children of, and if we are children Oh, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I want us to really focus on that last part, right? In sanctification, so we we understand that we have been justified. We have been called as children of God. We have been, um, and then we're invited into the rest of the story, right? And we have to understand that if we're children, oh, if we're children than heirs, right, co-heirs with Christ, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided, there's a stipulation here, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him, right? So while while the, he has, has justified us, has paid our death penalty, right, we, we get to also join in him, though, with like with suffering with him in sanctification and getting those scales off our hearts that might actually hurt sometimes, right? Um, but here's, here's a, a really encouraging piece about this, right? As, as we enter into suffering with Christ, we can turn and turn to Hebrews 4.16. I love Hebrews, guys. Read Hebrews. Oh. 4.16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. I think I meant about 15. Um, so go back to 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been re- tempted as we are, yet without sin. Okay, so Jesus came on this earth not only to to pay the price right, but to walk a life blameless before God, to walk a life w- um, without sin, as fully human as fully and as fully God, right and and we have an opportunity to enter into that same storyline where we where we have where we have Jesus who is not um, oblivious to our our struggles with the with the Powers of, of sin and darkness in this world, right? Um, Trent Shepherd, I don't remember. Did you guys hear from him yeah. first corporate week, right? Trent Shepherd, amazing book, amazing book, amazing speaker. But he 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 does this is amazing. Like this picture where, um, where literally I don't know what the word study is on it, but you can just picture Jesus going through life kind of making this way where there's this massive jungle like in front of him it's overgrown whatever and and he's coming through blameless without sin and with his eyes fixed on on why he's here on you the joy that's set before him and he's going through and he's making a way and he like does this Trent Shepard does this a lot better because he's probably an actor but like he like like Jesus, you can you can imagine is just forcefully like making his way, like saying, No, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna fall into that temptation, I'm not falling into that temptation, I'm not doing this. And he did that so that we can walk blameless and right too, right? Where where we can be like, God, I'm so tempted by this, and he goes, I know. But look, I did it and you can do it too, right? Like, God, like, Jesus didn't come as fully God just to be like, oh, I'm just making a perpetuation for your sins, another big word, but he came as fully human as well to show you how to fully live, right? So we have to understand that that when we take up when we get when we say yes to Jesus at justification we're clothed in this righteousness we take up our part in the story we have an opportunity and responsibility to just come into um to walk with him in his suffering but knowing and 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 understanding that Jesus didn't go throughout life just, oh, I'm just sinless and and really good at walking through life. No, he trudged through. He made a way for you, right? He made a way for you. He's actually, like, if you picture Jesus trudging through this forest or this jungle, and you're coming in behind him, and you're like, oh, like, wow, this is this path made. Like, that's cool. Like, I don't really have to struggle. But, oh, there's temptations and all that stuff, you know? Like, the, kind of that picture in your mind where Jesus was tempted in every way. That's what the Bible says. It was tempted in every way. So every way that, that, that possibly you had fallen into sin in your old life, like, like Jesus had been tempted in that and he had fought for it and said, no, actually you don't have to fall into sin if you're tempted by that because I have made a way and I can sympathize with you and you're actually, from the beginning, from what I said, you're not guilty. You can live in that life. Right? Right? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Awesome. So that's... That's your role. God can only do this, and you can do this. And he will not, he will not, he will not do this for you. And that's his, that's his desire for a relationship with you, to walk with you, right? Jesus had a choice. Yes, he was fully God, but he was fully man. Jesus had a choice. And that's what he came to the Lord and and before he came on the cross, he said, God, I really don't want to do this. But I, I, I do, but I don't, God. Like, does it have to be done this way? Does it have to be done this way? And then he comes and realizes, yes, this is the only way. Right? So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, sanctification, this is your part. And you have an, an ability to walk in it with, with confidence and strength because Jesus did too. And he's shown you how to fully live in Christ. Okay, last thing. Right perspective of sanctification is so important. This is why I want you guys to turn back into your Bibles eventually. Dig into the word. Um, really wrestle with God and, and what justification sanctification is, right? Um, because it does away with ungodly striving, Right? This is something that that says, oh, I can justify myself. I'm going to walk this road and try with an understanding of I'm leaning on my own strength. And that's ungodly striving, which leads to religious spirit, which only is legalism. And it's not relationship. And that's not what God is after, right? So it does away with right understanding of sanctification. does away with ungodly striving, religious spirit, passivity, Right. If you are understanding that you you have a part to play in your story towards glorification, you cannot be passive in this. Right. You cannot just say, "Oh, I'm just gonna," you know, where sin abounds, grace will abound more. Right. That's not how this works. This is not how, like, this is not how God designed us to live with Him. Right? He's desiring relationship, right? He he says yes, but <laughs> but I want you to say yes to me, even if you don't feel like it, right? So it does away with passivity. Does away with worldly sorrow. What is worldly sorrow? It's the opposite of joyful repentance, right? Worldly sorrows goes, Oh, like I'm so sorry, God, like I'm just a sinner, blah blah blah, walking around with that that stuff, right? But not actually changing. That's worldly sorrow right? Whereas joyful repentance goes, oh no, like I do not want that. Like I realize I'm dead to sin. I don't have to live in that life anymore. And I'm going straight for like joyful repentance, God. Like I'm going towards life. This is the life you've given me. You've deemed me not guilty and you've clothed me in your righteousness. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run towards that, right? I'm dead to that. And then ultimately a right per- perspective of sanctification and the process of sanctification um, keeps you... In alignment with a right view of God. Right? If you understand that at justification, He is He His righteousness covers you, and that He wants you, wants to walk with you unto once again being glorified with Him, right? You understand, oh, God is a loving God. He's just. But he's also loving, he's gracious, he's kind, he's not out to get me, he's for me, He's he has life and life abundant for me. Like all these sorts of qualities that if you don't have a right understanding what justification or sanctification or glorification is, is that it can get messed up around here and you can start saying like, oh, God's really angry at me or he's not forgiving or, you know. And then that's that's where, you know, you can fall into any of these other deals that... Just screws up everything. But that's not to put any fear in your guys' heart. This is really simple. The Bible will remind you time and again what it is to live a life of sanctification where you're justified at the moment of salvation with a hope of knowing that you will once again be able to be in full communion and fellowship with the Lord in your glorified bodies. Right? Cool. You guys are awesome. That was it. It was a lot.
1: Here we go. Oh, that was the best uh, training morning so far. Don't flatter me. That wasn't flattery. Hey, who agrees with what I just said? (laughs) See? See? (laughs) Oh, I said that was the best training morning so far. See? (laughs) I <laughs>
2: did.
1: Okay, let's get some announcements out of the way quickly, um, and then we can have a break, have some snack. Um, Okay, a couple of things quickly. So, everyone say 7.45 a.m. tomorrow. 7.45 a.m. tomorrow. Class starts. Oh, it doesn't? Oh, you changed it? Okay, it's 8 o'clock. I was just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so um, with regard to finances, just quickly, um, the rest, the, the full lecture phase is due today. Today's the last day. Um, with regard to the $2,500, um, it is due today, um, but if it's not, it doesn't mean that you can't be in class. I still want you guys in class if, with regard to finance, oh, sorry, outreach finances, okay? You've still got the next six weeks or so, oh, probably four weeks actually, to raise the rest of the money for your outreach, so I want to encourage you guys to do that um, in the allocated times on Fridays, but also in your own time as well, cool. Um, Friday night at 6 p.m., um, all the boys will be meeting in the tent. Um, we have the honor and privilege of having Zane and Mike from uh, the fall school there yeah. um, to share on um, Purity and some of their journey and to equip us as guys to really um, be equipped to um, live that out. Cool? And then at 7.30, you guys are going to do your normal... Um, Worship and Testimony Night in here as well, okay? Sorry? Okay, so a prayer burn, if you're not here, if you're not a guy, you can go to the prayer burn. <laughs> um, so Lauren has something quickly she wants to share. Where's Lauren? Oh, right, awesome. Yeah, come and share something quickly.
3: Hi, guys. Um, <laughs> so really quickly, this morning I felt like the Lord had a message for our school and for me. Um, yeah, so I felt like the Lord said that he has a gift that he wants to give us today, um, and it's the, the gift of faith. Um, as um, Rashid was sharing about his finances with me this morning, like the Lord just like absolutely broke into my heart and was like, I'm going to give you the gift of faith and I'm going to give your school the gift of faith and you guys actually need to start interceding um, on behalf of finances and that for this school specifically, he's using this as a way um, to grow our faith and so as we receive the gift of faith, it's going to grow And so I was like, okay, what do you want to do with that? And so I just felt like he was extending an invitation to our school um, to go and just fast during lunch and to just start interceding for finances. And it's actually, like, going to be through that of, like, receiving the gift of faith because it is a gift um, that we are going to see major breakthrough and that our school is going to become, to be known by our faith. Um, And so um, he gave me a verse that I want, I want to read. This wasn't just in my head. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he said it was um, Matthew 18, 19. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with you. Um, So that was like in reference to the power of us doing this together as a school. Um, And then the next verse he gave me was um, in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, verse 7, and it was about the the actual gift of faith, and it says, now to each um, one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Um, So this gift is given because it's for the common good um, for our school, because he has so much that he's going to do through this. Um, So to one, uh, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, and to another, faith by the same Spirit, Um, And so, yeah, I felt like that's what he was saying. This is a gift of my spirit of faith upon this school. And then the last verse he gave um, was us uh, about unity as a body. And so I just feel like he was saying... Um, this isn't just for one person, this is for all of us. Because as we come together as the body of Christ, that we need the eyes, we need the ears, we need the hands, and we need the feet. And as we actually come together and fast and start to pray and intercede because God wants us to, that we are moving as one body of Christ. And so, yep, that's all I have.
1: Awesome. So So that's lunch today. So let's partner with the Holy Spirit in there. Cool. Liz, have you got something you want to share really quickly? Yeah,
2: let's give it up for Liz. Cool, thank you. Hey guys, I know some of you saw that I was doing like a non essential communication fast. Um, So I did start on Monday and I felt like I actually got a lot of warfare out of it like I just had this heavy feeling I was praying for the kids that were uh, in sexual bondage in India Um, and then something broke on Tuesday I was intending on finishing like a three-day fast Um, but I still wanted to commit to it because I was like, I said I was going to do this and I like to be a person of my word. I like to honor that when I tell God I'm going to do something, right? So I was still planning on doing it. I was sort of following through with it. And at lunchtime, uh, Avery actually came up. I sat alone. To get you know, So I wouldn't make people feel awkward that I wasn't talking. And Avery comes over and I don't think she remembered or, or, you know, she just meant really well. And she had something to tell me that was really encouraging and just, I knew it was the Lord, right? You can sense when it's like God. So I decided to start talking to her. Um, and it, and I knew it was God, and then I just felt like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop the fast, and I don't normally do that, and then right after I did that, I went up and talked to someone else. I walked with them. I ended up prophesying over someone and praying with her, and then I had another, like I had several words for people the rest of the day, um, and I just felt like there was a lot of fruit out of me talking, and I know that we're called to speak life, um, so I do believe fasting is important, and if you do choose to do it like definitely go with the intention of honoring but then later that evening I was reflecting on all the fruit that came out of me breaking the fast um, and the Lord spake to me first Samuel 15:22 which is but Samuel replied what is more pleasing to the Lord your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice listen obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering of the fat of rams yes. so i just want to encourage you actually it follows up with her really well that obedience comes out of faith so i feel like you know yes be a person of your word but don't be religious about it so if yes. god's leading you like just follow his voice and he's he cares mostly about fruit so Father, I just pray that we're going to be known for our fruit bearing and our obedience, God, that we would be so tender hearted to your voice uh, that we would just move when you say move and jump when you say jump. We wouldn't hold to our own understanding of what we think we're doing for you, but we would just completely submit our lives to just be enraptured with your love and to express that to the whole world, to the nations, and to each other. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
1: Wow.